0: Welcome to the Remnant Army Rising Podcast. I'm Bill McMurdo, and I'm going to be looking at part two of the Shehalian Revelation. Uh, we've had good feedback on this from folks, um, and I'm really grateful to Can for um, uh, coming in with some confirmations of what we were saying. and. And extra information, and I urge you folks to really take all this stuff on board and, uh, you know, apply what we're learning here to the situation that we're in. Because I really believe, you know, when when we went up Shehalyon 11 years ago, we were aware that it was a cosmic battle. And maybe there was a part of us deep down understood that we weren't really in the, the heart of it at that time. Um, certainly not nearly as much as we are now and I think, and especially if you look at uh, Isaiah 25 which we've been looking at I just want to briefly look at that again then move on but you know Isaiah chapter 25 uh, where it says in verse 7 He will destroy in this mountain the face of the covering cast over all people and the veil that is spread over all nations now that If you just read that, it says he will destroy this mountain. The face covering cast over all people. Think about it. What are we in? We are in the COVID era. And the COVID era, I would venture, is if you want to look for a symbol, a universal symbol of the COVID era, it's the face mask, the face covering. And it's very, very interesting here because uh, the word used here, uh, means like something to wrap around the face, okay? So we're we're really getting into territory here where we see that it says in this mountain. Now, we're looking at the Mount Shehalion. We're saying it's Zion in the far north. And I would say for us in Scotland here, then it, God is speaking to us prophetically and he's saying to us that in Mount Zion... Because if you look at Shehalion, and you understand it says he will destroy the veil. Now, if you take the word veil out of the word Shehalion, uh, it's that word shale or shale, you know the, the Shehal part of it. At the beginning, you've got the S, and then after the Shehal part of it, you've got Ion. So, you take the veil away, you're left with Mount Zion. Okay? Go and write out Shehalion, and break it up in the way that I've just said. Because remember, the, the word Kyle or... Uh, in Gaelic, the word Caelic Gaelic means veil, and Caelic means veiled one, and Kaeliach, uh, or Caelic means the veiled, and "kailiach" means the veiled one, which is the crone goddess, the hag, cairn, into that in great detail. You know, there is a synonym there, I believe, for Hecate, who has long been worshipped by uh, Satanists, uh, witchcraft uh, people here in the British Isles. And, you know, that there's an order of Hecate. I know this stuff is unsavory. I don't really major on it, that's the truth. I don't do a lot of uh, reading about it. I've done my study on it, and I don't dwell on it. And, I, and I, would vent, I would advise you not to do that. Concentrate on the God stuff. But here's the thing. We need to be aware of the stratagems and devices of the wicked one. So there is an element that you need to learn it. Um, but you're better learning it from... Uh, podcasts like this and teaching from, uh, like you can because you know you're not going to get somebody who's glor- going to glorify the devil but somebody who's just going to inform us about what we need to know. So anyway, if you take the veil away, if you destroy the veil, you're left with Mount Zion. And that's what we're talking about. That's our end objective here. When we went up Shehaldin and planted that capsule, it was with that in mind we planted a Bible, we planted a prophetic proclamation, decree, and we planted something else, which uh, I may get into in future podcasts, which ties in with this, but I, I want to leave that there. What I want us to look at, though, is, I said I would continue to speak about this, is that I've been told on very good authority, um, and I've had it verified, that every year, uh, annually I believe, there is a ritual that takes place on Mount Shahalin. Carried out by Freemasons. Now, I'm not talking about Freemasons that meet in the Masonic Temple near you, you know, or the Masonic Social Club <laughs> uh, in the Main Street. I'm not talking about that level of Freemasonry. We have to be real here and say there's a level of Freemasonry which is just, you know, working guys, uh, you know, builders, plumbers, all that type of thing, and others, and they are involved in freemasonry at that very basic level the three degrees if you like but there are higher realms and levels of freemasonry just as there is in the occult there are many levels many realms just like i suppose in christianity there are different churches uh, that emphasize different things it's the same in the world of darkness the kingdom of darkness so the local freemasons are not necessarily guys that are going to even have a clue Although they have some understanding, but they're not there plotting world domination when they have their Masonic meeting once a month. Far from it, they're really probably plotting how they can get drunk on a night out type thing. So anyway, but what I want to look at here is the understanding that these people that do this annual ritual, they are the type of Freemasons, that much higher level, much deeper, darker level, um, and occultists, you would say. And they carry out this ritual on Shehalion. And we believe it's for the purpose of continuing to enable the veil over all nations, the, the matrix. And if you go and, again, study that word veil, you'll see that that's what it means. And we've seen the films The Matrix. I'm sure we've seen them. We're certainly aware of them. How that there is a matrix over the known world Uh, That's an invisible thing that we think the world is as it is, but in reality underneath the surface uh, There is much more and this veil Again studying out the Hebrew don't have time to get into all because I'm trying to give you as much info as I can So a lot of this can be studied out by yourselves. The uh, the veil involves idolatry and really Luciferian worship Okay, so that veil is empowered and it's across the nations and it comes from Scotland. As Karen pointed out, the headquarters of the Satanic uh, Empire is in Scotland. And, um, you know, she spoke about uh, South Lanarkshire. Uh, Let me just tell you this, Uh, one particular place I'm aware of, Blackwood is a very dark place. That is the ancestral seat of the De Vere family who are into vampirism and so on. European occult nobility. And that's on that's our doorstep, folks. And and they regard themselves, the De Viers, and they regard themselves as being much higher than the visible royalty in terms of ranking. So but anyway, again, we don't dwell too much on stuff like that. But it's important to be aware that it's there so that we can deal with this with an informed understanding of what we're dealing with so this ritual is carried out and it empowers and enables the veil over all nations it's like a boost to it so when we went up to Hallin, we were doing it by instruction of the lord to disrupt this and to dismantle this and uh, to uh, shake it up so that it would no longer have the power and we believe we've we've triggered the backlash if you like because i think COVID was always planned, and I think COVID is a big part of the veil that is over all nations. The face covered. God says, in this mountain, I'll destroy it. So I don't think that what we did in Shehalion back in 2010 was everything that God wants done. It may involve further expeditions by crack commando units, if you like, of intercessors and prophetic people uh, and remnant people. And uh, so if some of you guys are up for that, we may do that. Let's pray about it and see, because we we certainly feel a leading to do it. And it'd be good to go up, not just, you know, we have 150 people necessarily, but with a a certain group of folks. Now, what I want to speak about is this Masonic thing, because there is a Masonic lodge that's connected with Shehalyon, uh, and that lodge is Lodge Gate Kilwinning number two. And Lodge Canongate, King winning number two, it's long been associated with Mount Shehalion. And it meets in St John's Street in Edinburgh. I believe it was founded in the Canongate, uh, I think the late 1500s, uh, I believe, uh, is when it was uh, first started. But, and this is very important, this is what we have to understand, because this is, this is the veil that is over all nations. Okay, in 1764, members of Lodge Cannongate Hill, winning number two, were founding members of the Speculative Society, which you may have heard of, and the Spec, as it's known, along with similar societies at that time, were formative in promulgating the ideas of what's known as the Scottish Enlighten- Enlightenment. And let me just say that what the Scottish Enlightenment did was certainly not enlighten anybody or bring light. It brought darkness, it brought a veil. The Scottish Enlightenment was instrumental in promoting godless ideas and concepts such as evolutionary thought, reason over faith, and democratic principles. You say, well, what's wrong with democracy? Well, these democratic principles undermined the concept of God's ruling over the nations. You know, we have to have a Bible worldview of this, which is that the Lord reigneth over the nations. Jesus is Lord. Read Psalm 2. Read Psalm 149. Read loads of the Psalms, and you'll see this idea, which is not an idea. It is a spiritual reality, but let's call it an idea of God ruling over the nations, of his son Jesus at his right hand, being the Lord over all the nations, and the Bible says that the nations are Jesus' inheritance. So if we're going to accept the Bible as truth and reality, then anything that undermines that, when we're theocrats, we believe in a theocracy that God rules. God rules over the nations. But Democrats literally means the will of the people, the rule of the people, and so that man's idea, is imposed over God's idea and that's why we see all these laws coming in that supersede and remove biblical law from being the foundation of our legal structure enlightenment thinking influenced the french revolution which as you know was was an awful time with the guillotine and so on and the throwing off of the restraints of law and order and it also Influenced uh, American independence and the uh, people of independent-mindedness in America who thought that they should break away from uh, Great Britain. It brought in a republic. Now, God does not have a republic in heaven. It's interesting that what happened after the French Revolution and the American Independence Wars is that they resulted in revolution. They resulted in republics. Okay, but God does not, it's not thy republic come or thy democracy come, it's thy kingdom come. And I believe God has ordained that men should be ruled by kings and not by other men. As in, well, you know, if you get enough men voting for something as a majority, then that becomes the law. That's not, that's not godly. There is no democracy in heaven. There is no republic in heaven, but there is a kingdom and there is a king. There are no elections in heaven, there's no opposition parties, and there is no politics. Politics is the counterfeit of the kingdom. You see, enlightenment thinking brought about this notion that we're living under now, and look at the fruit of it all around us. The dark fruit, the wickedness, the the sense of hopelessness, helplessness and despair as we gaze around at the, the, if you like, the full fruition of man's enlightenment. And by the way, what I want to say is that Scottish Enlightenment thinking was, was the driver of this in the 18th and 19th centuries. So yes, we're the people of the book. We're the land of the book. We're the land of John Knox. We're the land of the Covenanters. We're, we're Christian Scotland, Protestant Scotland, Bible Scotland. The King James Bible, of course, was, was by a Scottish king who became a British king. We've got all this wonderful stuff going on. We've got all this wonderful heritage and tradition and history, but we also have, as can pointed out, the dark side, which is the counterfeit, always trying to, in a sense, usurp and take over and become the driver of Scottishness and Scottish influence. The Scottish Enlightenment has done great damage because it always resulted in undermining the, the Bible. And you know darwin spent time up here as did his grandfather and this whole um evolutionary thinking well it really just came out of, came out of edinburgh truthfully in many ways you see enlightenment thinking seeks to make man king over himself and not god and this is what's going on in terms of this ritual at shahalin this is what drove the people who formed the Masonic uh, Lodge of Canongate Kilwinning and the SPEC, the Speculative Society. Now, the Speck exists to this day. See, a lot of the stuff I'm teaching here, you, you can Google and find out for yourself. Don't just take my word for it. But the Speck is at the very heart of conspiracies in Scotland. The Speck is at the heart of the Dunblane Massacre, the, the Speculative Society. Uh, one of the SPEC members was Lord Cullen himself who put a hundred year, unprecedented hundred year closure on what was discovered about Dunblane for the simple reason he did not want his fellow Masons and spec members to be exposed for their involvement in paedophilia, in Dunblane, massacre, involvement with Thomas Hamilton. You know, I've got lots of stories about that, um, about Thomas Hamilton in that time. Uh, it's it's a, a dark, dark period, a very recent one in Scotland's history, and the Speculative Society and Freemasons are very, very hard, and again when I'm saying Freemasons, I'm not talking about your local Freemason <laughs> Lodge, I'm talking about uh, what we would call the elite government people, that type of thing, uh, the, the Scottish establishment. The Scottish establishment folks, is rotten. Rotten with the occult. Rotten with corruption. Rotten with stuff you, you would, wouldn't even begin to, to believe. And, and quite frankly, the Lord has revealed so much of this to a small group of us over the years. And you know, there's a lot of stuff. you. I don't want to cover all of that in this. I want to stick to the Shehalian part. But trust me, there's so much corruption and darkness at the heart of Scotland in terms of the establishment. But, you know, we ought not lose heart because we have to believe that God wants it cleansed, God wants it exposed, he wants it cleansed, and he wants to set the people free from the cabal. Now, the cabal that rules Scotland is, of course, connected to the global cabal, and it's arguable that Scotland is very much not just at the heart of that cabal, but very much uh, in leadership of it. Now, this is what I want to touch on. This is, this is where we get into this. It's really interesting. Um, and I'm going to try and get as much as I can in this podcast, but there will be further podcasts. There's so much to share, and I'm only skimming stuff. A lot of it, I'm just skimming because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to just summarise things and make it as succinct as possible. Now, to these Freemasons... And it is believed the speculative society, okay, a very secret society. Mount Shehalion is known, was known, and and certainly still is known as Mount Herodom. Mount Herodom, okay? And this is where it gets interesting. It's very interesting. This part of it is called the Kilwinning Deception. Because. If you know anything about Scottish Freemasonry and you study into it, you'll see that Kilwinning has the claim of being the first uh, Masonic lodge okay, in Scotland. And it may very well be, because I'm not really all that interested, but what there is a deception about Kilwinning. It's interesting that the Edinburgh Lodge Canongate Kilwinning is called that. The Kilwinning part of it, because uh, there's quite a lot of Freemasonry literature that refers to Mount Herodom, but the people that write about it will say that Mount Herodom is in Kilwinning. There's a part outside Kilwinning and they say that's where Mount Herodom is. Now, there's a lot of strange stuff that goes on down there. Okay? <laughs> a very strange area. Um, and this Mount Herodom that's in winning, they see well, that's where, that's where this Mount Herodom is, uh, in the far north, okay, they, they claim that it's a mystical, sacred mountain, but it's not really a mountain, I think it's a hillock, I think it's, you know, like you, 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 you hardly notice it until you came upon it, but that's a deception, folks, because Mount Herodom is not into winning, there may be an area that they call Mount Herodom, and, you, and it's, it's, it's dark down there, in fact, I know somebody down there who has seen flying through the air a literal dragon. So, you know, Kilwinning itself is a dark place. And if you go down from Glasgow to Kilwinning, that, the road down, it's absolute. That's Satanist, stroke, witchcraft, whatever you want to call it. And I understand there's a difference, but there is, is there a difference, let's be honest. The point I'm trying to get is it's a very occult area. Now, you know, I know Christians in Kilwinning, in that area, in Ayrshire. I'm sure you do too. You see, this is the key thing about the Shehalian Revelation is that Shetland itself and indeed Scotland, Glasgow or wherever you live, it's disputed territory. You might be living around the corner from a, a pagan or, or a witch or a Satanist. The whole land is disputed territory. So there are occultists, to give it that blanket term, living amongst us, doing their thing, while you and I are praying and bringing down the kingdom and interceding and stuff like that. So we're vying for this territory to have a victory over it that establishes whether it will be the kingdom of darkness or whether it will be the kingdom of God on earth. And we believe that God's purpose for Scotland is his kingdom. So the Kilwinning deception is what the Masons throw up to try to get you to look elsewhere for Mount Herodom. Mount Herodom is a very interesting name because you can directly translate it into Hebrew as Haridom, The Mount of Edom. Okay? The Mount of Edom. And I want to speak about Edom very, very quickly. And and show you something that is so vital. If you turn to... uh, There's a couple of scripture references. And we may have to come back to this. I, I, I don't want to rush this. But there's a couple of scripture references. And one is the book of Obadiah, which is a very short book. Just one chapter in scripture the book of Obadiah. And Obadiah speaks of the vision of Obadiah, thus saith the Lord God concerning Edom. What we need to understand about Edom is Edom is the traditional enemy of Israel. Edomites were descended from Esau just as Israelites were descended from Jacob or Jacob Israel. So there was this rivalry because Esau sold his birthright. Didn't he? He was tricked out of it, yes, but he sold it. So thus said the Lord God concerning Edom, We have heard a rumour from the Lord, and an ambassador is sent among the heathen, or the nations. Arise ye, and let us rise up against her in battle. Behold, I have made thee small among the heathen, thou art greatly despised. Verse 6, How are the things of Esau? Searched out how are his hidden things sought up. All the men of thy confederacy have brought thee even to the border okay verse 8 shall I not in that day saith the Lord even destroy the wise men out of Edom and watch this and understanding out of the mount of Esau and thy mighty men O Timan Timan is a word that the Bible uses for uh, Edom it's a territory in Edom and it's a code word in a sense for Edom itself so God is against Edom why? Because as we know, and it tells us here, verse 12, you should not have looked on the day of your brother and the day that he became a stranger. The Edomites uh, rejoiced over the children of Judah in the day of their destruction. They stood back and allowed Judah to be destroyed. Now, I'm not going to get into it too much here, but there's a very real sense in which Judah represents Scotland, or Scotland represents Judah. And That's why we have the line rampant. The line of the tribe of Judah. That's another thing we can get into, perhaps, uh, but but not right now. But he's saying he's against Esau or Edom. Every one of the Mount of Esau, verse 9, may be cut off by slaughter. Okay? And then he says here, verse 17, But upon Mount Zion shall be deliverance, and there shall be holiness, and the house of Jacob shall possess their possessions, and the house of Jacob shall be a fire, the house of Joseph a flame, and the house of Esau for stubble. It speaks here about the Mount of Esau, or the Mount of Edom. All right? Now, these three masons are saying, this is, this is what I want to, to show you. These Freemasons are saying that Mount Shehalion is Mount Edom. It's Haradon. Okay? They're calling it Edom. And, and, and listen, you can study this in great detail, and you'll see how much Edom is connected to Freemasonry. They're calling the mount that's at the center of Scotland. And we don't have time in this podcast. Next time we'll look at this. And that this revelation will blow you, I'm really blow your, your mind here when we look at um the Mount Shehalion in terms of what the Bible has to say about it. Um, And in connection with this, this is the second part of this, if you like. We'll look at that next time. But let's just focus on what we're looking at just now. Freemasons are calling Shehalion Haradon, the Mount of Edom. Because it's the Mount of Zion. You take the veil away, you're left with the words Zion. Okay? So God's purpose is, at the heart of Scotland, there would be a... Mountain. Now, we're not, we're not talking about mountains in the sense of, you know, uh, New Age people or th- those types of folks that make something out of a geographical thing. You understand? We don't worship mountains. We don't worship shrines and weird stuff. We're not New Age. We're not pagan. We're not worshipping trees. We're not worshipping statues. But we understand that mountains in Scripture are symbolic of kingdoms and empires. And God wants Mount Zion at the heart of Scotland. And that means you and I. Mount Zion, of course, is the people of God. But I believe that Mount Shehalion, once the veil is removed, is to be a symbolic mountain. A place of great, yes, a sacred place. Yes, a holy place. Yes, a place where people can go and worship the Lord. I believe that. But we're not worshipping the mountain but we are saying there's something special about that mountain and here's why because it's disputed territory because occultists are using it as a cone of power to exert a veil over all the nations and to bring darkness and a veil over them a covering over them a matrix that keeps them in bondage and blinds them to the light of the gospel and when that occultic veil is destroyed and these people are beat down we will see Glory come across Scotland and glory come across the nations. And that's why God gave us this Shehalion revelation. So that these people can be defeated and that Shehalion be Mount Zion, not Mount Edom or the Mount of Edom. And there's quite a lot to look at about Edom. Isaiah 63 and another place that we'll look at next time um, where this is confirmed. You see, there's going to be a cosmic... uh, Conflict, you could say, but certainly this is a place of disputed authority. And I believe that if you hear this and you believe this message about the Shahalim revelation, you're recruited. (laughs) You're part of it then because you're responsible for that. You know, we're responsible for the revelations that we receive, even if we pick them up by accident, because there is no accident. If God wants you to hear something, then that means you're recruited, amen. So I don't want to get too much more into this because I try to keep these podcasts as short as I can. Um, you know, maybe around about the half hour mark tops. But the simple reason that you know we all we all get busy lives, and there's so much to take in. But this is part two. There's going to be more next time. We'll look deeper at this Mount of Edom. Uh, and what Scripture has to say about it, and how Scripture prophesied something that would take place in Shehalion, and it came to pass exactly as it says. And I believe it's an identifying mark that Shehalion is Mount Zion in the true north. But, you know, I want to say this. You might say, well, some of these things are leaps for me to take. You might say, well, (coughs) is Shehalion really the Mount Zion in the far north? I believe it is. Karen has said she believes, and some of you, I think, are already there. But, you know, it's not even entirely important. I think what's important is that sometimes God will take things in the Word anyway and make them prophetically significant to us in our time. Um, Even if it's a scripture that doesn't necessarily apply to our time, God will take it out by the Holy Ghost and use it to show us that That There's an emphasis here. There's an insight here. So all I'm saying to you is this. If you just simply say, well, God wants Mount Zion to be in Scotland, to rise and be um, what Isaiah chapter 2 says, that in the latter days that uh, the mountain of the Lord's house, which is Mount Zion, will be over the tops of all the other mountains and people will go to it. I want Scotland to be that place of Mount Zion. You understand that's, that's where I'm coming from. I believe the actual physical mountain of Shehalin plays a key role in that. But you don't have to. You just have to believe that God's Mount Zion is, of course, uh, symbolic and a metaphor for his people and for the ecclesia here in this new covenant era, the church of Jesus Christ, the true church, which we would say right now is the remnant church. So I'm not going to go on, folks. going to leave it there. The Lord bless you till this next message um, and again if you want to ask anything uh, feel free and lord bless you uh, speak soon